0: Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host... Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. This show your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet, playwright, host of this show, a literary show. And don't forget, that's why I literally had the subtitle, a Literary Show, because sometimes when I was out there and people email me, is this a show about nature? Is this a show about vitamins? Uh, no, it's a show about literature. So I put down there, Literary Podcast. This is going to be episode 134, and we're going to entitle this Guidelines as Gifts to Writers. I know I'm not having a facetious uh, moment over here. That's literally what we're going to be naming and That's what we're going to be talking about, how guidelines for publications can actually be useful, can actually be gifts for writers, not just some obstacle or just some the neck thing that we have to all comply with. Now, remember, I'm a writer too, so I, I know the feelings about this, and I also know how necessary it is also on the other end of it as the editor, okay? So I've been away for a while, but between vacation, and also I had to do some... I guess you could say, redoing the house, uh, making uh, everything better for the new year coming up for the kids for school. So a little painting, little tiling, new tiling, new things and get the house back into a uh, new shape for the rest of the year. It's been a heck of a year so far for all of us. Now, let's get on with this. I want to talk about guidelines, not just in my publication aerial chart, but in many publications around the world and how absolutely necessary it is for us to not only adhere to them, But also when to when to stick with them and when to ignore them and maybe go on to another publication because we all have to make those kind of decisions. In many ways, they are gifts, even if they seem negative. It's like, oh, man, I got to put this in this font and I got to send it rich text format. And and then I got to, like, put my name on the right corner with four degrees to this and that. I mean, some of them can get a little bit out there. I understand that. But in the end, it's all about respect. And I talk about this on the show a great deal because I experience a lot of this, where I got folks telling me all day long about how they're not getting respect, and the first thing they do is is crap all over your rules and all over you and everything else that you care about, but they're crying about how they're not getting respect. So respect is extremely important with guidelines, even if the guideline is specifying something that you don't like or you don't agree with. Remember, there's thousands of magazines out there, online and in print, You don't have to stick with it. You go with somebody else. There's nothing wrong with that. I do that all the time as a writer. I look at the guidelines and say, no, that's not going to fly with me. Have a good day. I'm going with somebody else. Sometimes the guideline literally says, I want a $2 fee. I want this and that. and Everybody knows uh, by now that I'm against fees of, 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 of any sort. I don't care what they are, where they're for, what the reason is. I don't care. We'll talk about that more in depth when we get to that as part of the guidelines. But that's one of the things I look for right away. If it's there, I don't care what they want, what they say, how big the magazine they think they are. I'm not giving anybody a dime under any circumstances. That's just my policy. And I preach against it as well. You can do whatever you want, but I'm telling you how uh, how silly it is. And we'll talk more about that later. So there you go right there. I'm not going to um, bend to what, what I believe is correct for myself as a writer. Well, guess what? I expect that you would practice the same thing, even with my own publication. I got people that tell me all the time, I don't like this, I don't like that. That's great. There's plenty of other people out there have a good day. I don't need to argument. I don't need to be rude or I don't need to profane, which some folks are. I just That's just the truth of it all. This is what I think is important. And that's what it's all about with these publications. No different than my own. We are putting together something that becomes part of what our vision is, what we want to see out there. Some of us have been frustrated about how others' magazines have treated writers and we wanted to do something differently. That's why I have one of the greatest and one of the biggest uh, accepting rates out there. And I accept a lot of good material. And sometimes I'll even hold off and, and, and print out something for another month as well, as long as people don't take advantage of that. Because I want to see people uh, published. Uh, that's a goal of mine. I'm not putting a magazine so I can reject people all day long. I don't see the point in that. But obviously, we got to have the rules. We've got to have some guidelines. got to have some quality. We've got to have some standards. And we have all that. But there's no real reason to me to reject so many people. I remember I just got, I don't know, was this the other day? I don't even want to mention the name of the publication because it's not necessary. You all experience this, but this one literally said, you know, um, you should really take some comfort in, um, uh, you're from California. So I'm going to sound like California, okay? stereotypical and not too bad. Uh, you should like uh, take some comfort in that we only take like uh, like a 2% of people. So, you know, you're a good company on being rejected. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot. That That consoles me. Makes me feel so much friggin' better. No, it doesn't. It, it means you, you. There's something wrong with you. If you get hundreds of, of applications and because that's really what a poem or a play or a you know a fiction is is an application to to the publication, and you're rejecting them almost all the time. How's that possible? And who are these people you're publishing? I don't know who they are. I'm sorry to say, a lot of them, if they're academic, and you know exactly who they are. All their friends and their relatives and. Every other person that's studied in some other magazine uh, or some other, some other English major uh, place. Uh, yeah, let's put him in there. Everybody else, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. But in the end, it is our vision. It's what we want it to be done in our way and the things we've seen. It may have been working in the industry for years in the past on different functions. I mean, I, I was an assistant editor. You know, I was a vice editor. I was a contributing editor. You know what I mean? I I, I was an intern at one point in, in the 90s. I mean, just about all kinds of different things. So by the time you put your own thing out, you have a really good idea on what you want. Okay? Believe it or not, the title of the show, which is Guidelines as Gifts to Writers, is true. The guidelines that you have there, they can become your gifts if you allow it. Even if they're negative, even if you don't like them, even if you just say, I'm going to skip these people because I don't I don't like this and I don't agree with this. I'm going to go someplace else. A lot of times you'll wind up getting published someplace else. Who knows if you could have gotten published at all if you ever decided to not skip this thing. Maybe you just didn't want to go the other one after all. You went with this one even though you didn't like the rule. So that's why it's a good thing to follow your heart and to follow your dreams and to follow what you, sometimes what your little voice says. Hey, this does not jive with me well. I'm going to try someplace else. Your luck could be better someplace. You might get that one editor that that connects with you and likes what you're doing, understands what you're doing. And that's how they can become gifts. Because It's like, I think there was a country song, actually, that said, you know, um, uh, we should be blessed by the uh, unanswered prayers. Pretty much saying something along the lines of you might be asking for something so dumb or maybe something that could have been an obstacle in your life from God, and God didn't give it to you because he knew that would be something dumb for you. And maybe that's a good thing that you didn't get that prayer answered. It's an unusual take, almost like a, a reverse psychology slash theology type of situation. But I, I see a lot of sense in it because you're right. You don't ever know when um, you leave a job for whatever reason. You want to get something that's better and fits more in tune with who you are. Sometimes... Getting rid of that job, or maybe even sometimes getting fired from that job, could be a, a beneficial thing. You might not seem it at first, but it could be. You might want to go into the path you used to be in the first place. You know, they, they say God works in mysterious ways, and I guess so. There's karma in Zen too, but that's a real possibility, and it's no different, I feel, in writing. They could be gifts because it can give you in a direction that you might not have gone before, and maybe that's where your work goes and, and gets published, gets seen, gets noticed, gets read you know, et cetera, et cetera, So you have to start looking at it that way. Because if you start looking at it in the old mopey, dopey, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. Why can't they make it so easy for me? You're, you're in the writing world. There's nothing that's supposed to be easy. You want easy? Stop writing. To Get a big gut and go to 7-Eleven and, and, and drink and eat all you can. Okay? That'll be easy for you. It, it, it'll be easy money you're spending out the window, easy junk to eat, and then an easy grave as you destroy your health, okay? There you go. That's something easy for you. But guess what? In case you haven't realized this right now, all the things in life that are worthwhile, they're all hard. They're all things that you have to work at. They're all things you have to maintain, whether it's a relationship or a marriage or a career or even how you treat your animals. All of these things they require, if you feel that they're important, they require work. And they're not always the easiest thing to do. How many of us have a day where it's like, man, I wish I redid that day over with because I think my wife is not too happy with me. We get those as husbands. I'm sure wives get those as well. we got some days where we connect with the kids, and other days it's like, oh, man, can I just get rid of them for the day? Send them someplace. Yeah, you're going to have those days too. And it's no different with writing as well. So look at it like that. And if you do, not only are you going to find more positive results, you're going to feel more positive about the process. There are always other people to go to. And I always tell people, it takes a while to figure out who you want to be as a writer. What your character says, what your heart says you want to be, where you want to go, what you want to say. It takes a while. You might have a certain niche or a certain angle, and it's okay if you don't. You might want to do something different every other week. And I'm okay with that too. And I think, You should be okay with that. But part of that learning process, part of that process of being self-aware, at least enough of it, will help you and what you pick on the guidelines for various places because you'll know what feels better for you or not. And we have to all make these decisions because we're all submitting all over the place. And I hope people would be submitting a lot. I tell people all the time, as much as I don't like to say, because I don't like to make it something that's not humane, a numbers game. The truth of the matter is, is that, yeah, statistically you have a better chance of getting published. You know, if you read some guidelines and try to find whatever can possibly fit with you. And also by submitting to a lot of those publications that again, you feel will connect with you that maybe that your work might connect with them. Simply it's like business statistics or anything else you want to think of that has to do with multiple entries you have a better chance of winning whether it's the lottery or the writing or anything else for that matter hell it's the same thing with dating how many girls you get a date for you finally get a hold of someone that's like wow i'd like her to stick around more than five milkshakes and a hamburger you know i want to stick around more with her oh that's what love is all about but that's also about all the other ones that didn't work out You, you know they say you have to kiss a lot of a lot of frogs and meet a prince, well, I think you have to kiss a lot of frogs and meet a princess, too. It's really the same concept. It's no different than your writing. So you should be on an average basis and, and a monthly basis. I, I mean, I don't think you should be uh, submitting any less than at least 15 places every month, at least. If you think about the math on that, okay, being 30 days, that means every other day you should be trying to look around and submit something. You got to give some time for research. It's never a good idea to go willy-nilly and just shoot off anything anywhere because that's a bad idea. I mean, you're not reading the guidelines and you're just watching stuff out. You get a lot of rejections that you shouldn't have gotten because you really shouldn't have published it in the first place. You know how many times people get rejections? And then they, uh, they'll they email me. Uh, Mark, I man, I didn't realize that you don't publish anything about Batman. I don't know. Maybe that part about that, you know, I don't I do not do any comic genre TV type stuff. (laughs) This is the literary publication. So I got nothing against Batman. Sure, he's a pretty cool guy. But we're not doing any Batman, okay? Nor do I want aliens sleeping with women. Or frogs running about how to run for president. Or anything like that, okay? We're a literary publication. So you need to impress us with some literary things. You're going to write about Batman? Try to do something literary. I have yet to see anyone do that. i tell you one thing. I would change my batman policy if someone gives me a short fiction about batman that is literary and really creative rather than the usual boring stuff i, I check it out i have an open mind but i usually just shy away from that stuff because it's not going to happen all right i'm not going to get the shakespeare of aliens the fiction pieces i seriously doubt i'm going to get you know hawthorne over here as batman it's not going to happen so that's why it- that's why i say that but i still keep an open mind but the key thing is are you adhering to what the guidelines are saying well how the heck can you do that if you're not even reading them and let's say you object to something or maybe you feel that something isn't as clear as you'd like it to be no one said you can't email that editor people do that all the time in fact sometimes guidelines even say hey email us if you have any other questions uh yo dude um i know it says here that you're not doing this comic book thing but uh you, you wanted to check out this batman story i really think it's fiction and it has a, a real literary twist to it and I'd like you to like look at it. Okay, I'll check it out. No guarantees I'll give it a try. I'll give it a whirl Or anything else for that matter. You can be talking to an editor about that. That's what you need to do You need to start that sort of dialogue if you feel you're unsure about something But you know, they got a lot of writers that did they get too much in a rush No, no, I don't have time for that Okay, if you don't have time to do the right thing. Uh, why even write then because your chances on doing anything with writing are all incumbent about you actually listening to what guidelines say. But listening to what your own heart says. Does your own heart say, throw stuff out all over the place, never read anything, just get the email and shoot it over there and hope something happens. Because that whole throwing the putty against the wall to see what sticks, it's good for kids, it's not good for adults, okay? We're all adults over here trying to do something adult-like at least. And that's just not going to work for you. You're, you're, you're going to piss off a bunch of editors. You're going to waste your time. And here's the most important thing: what a lot of writers don't consider this. I get this question a lot. I can't wait to do another grab bag show here shortly because I got enough emails now uh, that, that are really interesting. And I get this a lot. Um, you know, Mark, um, does this mean that maybe some of those rejections I got? are not really rejections well let me answer that to you this way in two ways actually okay first of all guess what as much times as you don't read guidelines you're going to have some editors that don't even read your stuff they just reject it because it doesn't fit what they're trying to do maybe they don't like your bio maybe the first two lines turned them off and they said the heck with it i'm not reading the rest of it i'm just turning it back so there's no guarantee that the editor is reading all your work okay there isn't yet any. I'm not trying to cast doubt on the whole process. I'm just telling you that's the truth. Some are not doing that. Second thing is you're right. Some of the rejections you get are not even worthy to be called a rejection because if you are crazy enough to send something over to a place that it shouldn't be, it's not even a rejection. It's almost like they're slapping you in the head because it's like, we're wasting our time with this stuff. It shouldn't be here. It doesn't even count. So don't do that because you're wasting everybody's time, including yourself. You know, Mark. Yeah, Mark. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cut out these three rejections out of my emotional um, you know, a tabulation over here uh, because I inadvertently uh, sent one poem to a lesbian magazine and I'm neither uh, a a male or gay, or um, I'm not gonna count this one because it, it was mo- really more for an afro American magazine and that's all they wanted and I'm not. Or my favorite one. Um, I didn't even notice that it was for women. I just, you know, I'm a dude and I just even, because you, know, you didn't read anything. It's not hard to realize it. Places that say that stuff make it really clear. It's not secret. They don't put it in some mystical form for you to decode. Okay. It'll literally say women only, African Americans only, gay material only. Sometimes it'll literally just say gay writers only. So, I mean, if you don't fit that, sending that over, not a good idea wasting everybody's time, and you're right, those rejections don't even count. But again, what you did didn't count either. The whole point of you doing something and working hard at it uh, is to be able to send it out there so that it counts, okay? Because if you're saying the time you put in to write this thing counts, then why don't you put the same kind of time in to try to figure out where it can go so this way it can count? Because when you do this, you're not just wasting your time and their time, in many ways, you're betraying everything you're doing. It just makes no sense. You know, it, it's like studying for a math test for three months straight. And then you go in and you go into the, to take the test and you put a blindfold on and you answer everything wrong because you can't even see what you're doing. Even though you would have known the answers if you just took the blindfold off. It's the same thing. When you're casting things like that blindly, you're putting a blindfold on yourself. You're hurting all your chances. You're messing up the system. You're pissing people off that shouldn't be pissed off because they shouldn't be getting that stuff in the first place. Really not hard to tell the lesbian poem from the non-lesbian poem. Trust me, there's a real distinction there. Not hard to tell. So it's not like uh, you need to uh, you know, broadcast this. Okay, You just need to actually make sure that you're putting it to the place where it should go. Now let's talk about some of these guidelines in a little bit more detail. All right, I'll refer to some of mine, and then I'll refer to some other folks as well. You know, just to kind of give you a, a whole universality of it. All right. All right. Here we go. here. Yeah. Okay. Now, my magazine aerial chart. We accept poetry, short fiction, and nonfiction, or if you want to call it creative nonfiction. Everybody has a different title for it. I'm I'm happy just to call it short nonfiction. I mean. I don't even think we need to a creative word. That's just one of those academic things that make everybody sound more intelligent than they are, okay? So first thing you're doing when you're going to the guidelines is you're first checking out the various genres to see if they're going to fit what you're doing. A perfect example is let's say you're not somebody that does a lot of poetry or, or short fiction, okay? You, you do mostly this nonfiction stuff. If, and if you want to stay in the literary world, and, that, and, and that's where you're, you're at on the literary nonfiction as well, great. But you have to also make sure that when looking at guidelines, do they accept that? You're going to find a lot of publications don't. In fact, just up to six months ago, the last four years, I didn't even take nonfiction. And, and I'm primarily a nonfiction writer, believe it or not. I just didn't think we had enough time or enough energy to go through all that. And, and I just wanted to concentrate on the two things that I cared about the most, which was poetry and nonfiction. But when we started taking off in terms of more people getting involved with us, more people helping us, more people reading and checking out the, the publication, well, I felt more comfortable with doing that. Right, now. I didn't feel like I was going to be cutting into the other stuff, and it's been working just fine, and I'm happy with that. But that's what you want to check out. First, check out, do they accept that type of genre? Okay? A lot of magazines only take fiction and nonfiction. and Some of them won't take poetry. Some of them take only fiction and not nonfiction. You got some that'll take five and six different kinds of things. They'll take those three and then they'll take some book reviews and maybe even a, a, an occasional short play that, that they'll 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 publish, right? And they call it uh, under the under the uh, the genre of drama. Okay, not everyone does the same thing, which is why you need to look at that. It's one of the fastest and the easiest ways for you to do your research. You don't have to sit there and read a lot. A lot. Just look at it. You'll see it in bright letters, oftentimes underlined or uh, heavily, uh, you know, blackmarked poetry, fiction, da-da-da. And it'll say that. So it's not like you have to do anything. And then after that, then you're going into that various category. let's say you're in the mood that night to just send out poetry, okay? And you're lined up five or six or seven publications that accept poetry. Well, then the next thing you want to do See how many lines they accept. Do they accept certain poems versus other poems? you got some places like me. I don't care what kind of poems you send. It just better be interesting and good. That's it. You can do a haiku. You could do a Shakespearean sonnet. I don't really care. It just better be good. Especially if it's rhyme, I better see something that's interesting and not just using the same rhyme scheme for the last 17,000 years because we're kind of over that. So if you're going to do rhyme, Try to be original, as hard as that can be. Otherwise, uh, just stick to free verse, just about like 99% of the rest of us, okay? Next, of course, you want to make sure that the lines that they accept will fit in your lines, because a lot of publications, they have maximums on what they want. Uh, I only want 20 lines. I only want 50 lines. Uh, we got a couple of publications that say they only want really long poems versus other ones that say, I just want the short stuff. Give me some terse everybody oh I don't want it anymore so you have to literally check that out and see because you don't want to accidentally send okay a 24 line poem that you feel really strong about you might even feel it fits in what they're doing there but it says in the guidelines they only take 20 lines. That's not helpful but if you're really insistent on sending that poem against its guidelines then don't send that poem against its guidelines. Email the editor. Hey, listen, how solid are you on these 20 lines? If I got something at 24 lines, I really feel that it's strong. I feel it could actually go someplace in your magazine. Would you be willing to look at that? If they say, yeah, okay, we'll give it a shot, then you go. If they say, no, we're really firm on it, okay, thanks, and go on to the next publication. That's how you handle something like that. It's not complicated. You can do it really fast and move on. Part of the gift of guidelines is some of the information that's given you, so you, you can make some better choices. The better choices, they help you possibly get in place poems placed into, or just writing in general placed into publications, because you're placing it better, because you're asking questions, because you're reading what's going on. Not every publication is going to be that detailed. Uh, Mine is probably one of the most detailed you'll ever see in your life, and I get a lot of comments literally saying that too. Uh, I'm I'm sure some of that is compliment and some of it probably isn't, and that's fine with me either way. But this is what I say because I've been part of plenty of publications where they wouldn't let me do anything about the guidelines. And I'm like, that's kind of vague, don't you think? Ah, well, we like it that way. All right, fine. I don't like it that way. I'd rather know exactly what's going on. I'd rather know what's, what, what they really want, okay, as much as possible. So I like when they give you details, and you should like the same thing, okay? So you're looking out to see what kind of genre it takes. You're looking out to see inside that genre what it, what it wants, okay? You're going to run into the same things with short fiction, and, and, and it, it, it varies widely, okay? You're going to literally see that. You'll see, and, and, and sometimes this is, this can be confusing, okay? And don't let it confuse you, though, because in the end, for short fiction particularly, it's about the word count that they want. Don't don't, don't get all messed up in these terminologies. Short fiction, flash fiction, micro fiction, alien fiction, My Cat Took a Pope on the Rug fiction. I mean, they got so many different fictions out there. It's just a bunch of semantics. It doesn't really mean anything in the end. It makes everybody sound clever when they're not, okay? What you have to look at is what they accept the maximum words. That's just as simply as that. If they say, you know, they want their short fiction, you know, up to 5,000 words, but they want their flash fiction no more than 1,000, well, there you go. That's what you have to be able to fit in either find something a thousand or less to submit to that one category or maybe you have to go uh, something longer and they have another category for that. Some magazines literally have three, four, five, six different ways to do this. And you have to observe each one of them to figure out what category you have to send it in. You you can actually get rejected by some magazines that literally you accidentally put the short fiction of yours in their flash fiction category. They get mad and send it back. This isn't flash fiction. It's beyond the word count. You might not feel that's a legitimate rejection. Hey, that's kind of messed up, man. That's that's kind of being petty. No. They have a system, they advertise the system to you, you decided to either ignore it or just didn't observe it. That's on you. Okay? So that's how you have to look at that. All right. Sometimes with poetry, it's the same thing. Don't send a haiku to somebody that doesn't say they want a haiku. If it doesn't clearly say that. You might want to check with them. You might want to email them, okay? Just because it doesn't say that doesn't mean that you should send it. You know how many people that send haikus to magazines? They get sent back. They don't even tell you why they sent it back. So now you're over here scratching your head. Did I give him a sucky haiku? Am I a sucky haiku poet? Does this haiku poem I did suck? Or is it just that they're not interested in the haiku and I just made a mistake? Well, again, if you have these kind of questions, which you really should have before rather than after, email the editor. Hey, I noticed that you don't really mention about accepting haiku. If I have a haiku, can I send it over to you? Is it something you'll, 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 you'll consider? You'd be surprised. Now people won't. and they'll, they'll literally email you back. No. Sometimes they don't because... They don't really understand haiku. They don't understand what's good haiku or bad haiku. And sometimes they just don't like the way it gels with other things. They might even have a theme where the haiku is just not going to fit. Because, you know, most haikus is about about a, a nature uh, event or a nature feeling or something ephemeral. It's not something that is really concrete. You don't see too many con- concrete, uh, you know, poems that, that are haiku. They, they're more zen-like. So that might not jive on what they're doing. Meanwhile, they might have some hard slant on a, a political thing, or maybe they maybe this is the episode for dogs or something. I don't know, but you should find out. Unless he clearly says that, or the magazine's just all about haiku, you know, you probably shouldn't send it without talking to them first. It doesn't hurt. And again, you save yourself a lot of extra work, a lot of heartache, a lot of, a lot of self doubt. I talk to, I talk to writers all the time and it, When I ask them about all these rejections that they're saying is bringing them down, and I hear a lot of stuff where it's obvious to me that they they didn't ask questions, they didn't do any research, they sent out stuff willy-nilly. Well, if it's willy-nilly, you're going to be silly. Sorry for the rhyme, because that's what's going to happen to you. Not a good idea. You're not getting back the results you might have gotten if you just simply did your homework. So do the homework. Read the guidelines. They are a gift to writers. They really are. All right, next thing here. Next thing here is the compensation, okay? A lot of publications don't offer money. Your credit, if you get published, that really is your compensation. That's a credit for you. You put that on your bio. You go forward. You're happy you get published, blah, blah, blah. We got a class of writers out there more now than ever before that are, are very militant about that um in fact they're like the opposite of me they're the anti mark the mark is like i'm not submitting to anybody who asks for money i don't care if they offer it or not i just don't want to be asked for it i'm not giving you money just so you can give me the privilege of submitting to your publication because if you're asking me for money i don't see it as a privilege i see it as a shakedown i see it as something that paints the system And I also see it as something that makes me suspicious in the end on the people who you are publishing, because it feels like I'm subsidizing you and your friends and all the academic people you like so much, and not anybody like me who's not in the academic world, but has been a writer more than most of you people have been alive. So I'm not impressed with that. I'm suspicious of it, and I I won't comply with it in one bit. If that means I have to, like, cross out a thousand publications along my road on getting published, that's what I'll do. I've done it already. And doing it all my life. Will continue to do it. That's what I recommend to writers. It's up to you whether you want to take that advice or not. But I've told you why I do that. So, you can make a choice if you want. As I said, there's a lot of anti-marks out there now. I won't talk to a publication unless they offer money. Which, of course, makes no sense to me at all for a lot of reasons. The biggest reason is the ones that offer money. They want you to pay a submission fee. So I don't understand where you're supposed to be getting off on giving me a hard time because I'm against this when they're saying they're going to give you $25 if they publish your poem, but they want $5 for you to produce it, just to submit it. I don't know how that's good math for you. Because if you keep doing stuff like that, you're going to be in the red no matter what you do, no matter how many times you're getting published. You're not making your money back. Unless you're just doing it once in a while. But even then you'd have to be an astronomical uh, publishing rate just to be able to get your money back or break even. So the math on this doesn't make any sense. But we have a class of writers out there that uh, apparently uh, the subject of politics and business is not something just to be into because they don't deal with reality. Because business and politics, they still work on a certain reality. And art is not always reality. So sometimes folks shouldn't really mix these things because they're not really talking... Any sense when I hear what they say? it makes no sense to me. So, if you want to pick a publication on compensation, be my guest. There's nothing wrong with that. Understand what they could be action for. Also, understand too that even if it's a publication that pays and doesn't ask for a fee, remember you're running into somebody that uh, into a place that has a literally a buzz of quality and a buzz of rejections. Because if they're willing to pay anything, they're looking for the highest the brightest, what they feel is the, the very best work that can possibly be out there. I'm not saying that you're not that, that person or that, that piece of work that you're saying is not that. I'm just saying that you are walking into a land of super duper high standards. I mean, literally to the point where I've known people that do this. They said that they, they loosely lose a chance on, on getting $500 for an article because they missed two typos. So they sent it back and said, this is not professional because that's their standard everything has to be absolutely perfect they shouldn't be doing any work they shouldn't be guessing anything they should be understanding what you're saying they should see that you made a connection to them and the audience i mean a hundred thousand reasons on why they can reject you and maybe a hundred thousand more on why they would accept you so it's extremely a high standard and you have to consider that when you're when you're doing anything like that with a with a um a publication that that pays also realize too and we'll talk more about bios here in a moment but your bio might actually make a difference in that. If you're somebody with a, a new writer that has like two credits, you know I mean? I, I, I'm telling you now, unless you're just suddenly a brilliant writer you know, from the get go, I mean, they're going to look at that and say, I'm paying this person $100 and they've they gotten two credits to magazines I've never heard of before. That, that could weigh against you. I and mean, that just, it might not seem fair. But again, when there's money involved, we're not talking about fairness, we're talking about the perception of everything that they want to see. And they don't see it then they're going to put you to the side and go with somebody else so those are the things that you run into on the issue of compensation okay for aerial chart we make it really clear we, we remind people that um, we offer a number of interesting things that have in many ways more value than money the first thing we have a, a eternal archive so you stay with our publication and you get published well you have an archive now forever that you can use to somebody hey uh, it's not just in my bio. You can go check out my other work. Here's the, here's the link. It's still there. It'll always be there. That's one excellent thing to have besides getting published by us. Another useful thing is we're a signatory of of poets and and writers directory which uh, uh, if you know a lot of publications that they checked out that they're comfortable with that they feel is doing good literary work they'll, they'll 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 hire them on board like they did me and so when you get published by me You can go to them into their list, they have a poetry directory, they have a, a short fiction directory, and they have a nonfiction directory. You can put in the name, aerial chart. When you get published by us, they'll check it out. When they see that, they, they give you two points and they, they put that on there. Once you build up enough points, they create a, a little mini bio for you that you can permanently have from now on. Listen here uh, Poets and Writers, it uh, says uh, that uh, uh, I've gotten poems in, in at least five publications because you have to have 10 points. So that's two points each, okay? And, and these are all worthy publications because this is what the poetry writer says. It's another little thing in, in in your hat, a feather, as they say, or some marquee value or just another marketing angle that you can use. Anything you can use to gain attention to yourself that's legitimate and wise, you should do. So that's something that we offer. Not all the magazines want to go through that process with them, and they don't offer it, but we do. Okay? So there you go. That's our idea of compensation, and I feel that's a whole lot more than 5 or $10 it's worth. They have a, a, a archived link that you can use. You know, they have something presented nice in a professional publication and, and to be recognized by a, by a long-term professional organization, the Poets and Writers Organization, 75-year anniversary. So they, these people have been around a long time. They've been around longer than I've been alive. Chances are they've been around a lot longer than you've been alive. So it's a, it's a great way to help a writer build, you know, something uh, more professional and something more inviting and something more Appealing to somebody else that might want to consider them. So it's I I find it's fun and and exciting to do that. Okay Next thing and it's it's not only a pet peeve for me. I I find it a very serious matter is your bio. Okay For aerial chart uh, we require all submissions to have a bio and we also require something in a mobile edition that uh, other magazines do. understand a lot of magazines don't do this. So this is not standard throughout the whole industry. Having a bio is, in many cases, but not this additional thing. Okay, for my magazine, I actually require that the writer puts down a couple of credits. Meaning that if they have a couple of credits, I expect to see that in the bio. I, I find it not only disturbing, but I find it deeply disrespectful that I'm supposed to review someone's work. I'm supposed to publish it, but then... I'm never going to be listed in their bio as they go forward. Magazines all over the place, including mine, we depend on that. We depend on that that additional marketing push. We, we depend on the word of mouth I can get. You know how many people have come to me? I even put a few people on this show for interview and had said, Hey, Mark, I never even heard about you until I noticed some writer I liked. And then I noticed it in their bio. And then I'm like, I'm going to go look this up. I had that at least happen twice. So it's real. It happens. People will check it out. I'm right on there. You can find me right away. But guess what? If you're not putting me on there like you should be, well, I'm not getting that kind of push. I'm not getting that additional marketing edges. And more importantly, I'm not getting the respect that we deserve. I don't want to hear from writers about how no one cares about them, how no one likes them, how no one respects them, and then they do this sort of stuff on a regular basis. It's disrespectful and it's hypocritical. So I take that seriously. And I what I say is, yeah i want to see the bio and i want to see some credits on there if you don't have any credits that's fine you should be saying that mark i have yet to be a published in a magazine so if you publish me you'll be the first one okay great that's all you got to say otherwise you should be assuming some credits because i what i feel and i already seen that to be the case because i check it out myself is if you're not willing to put other people who support you down you're not going to put me down either as somebody who support you because you don't care okay we all as writers have to watch our back. And we all as writers have to care deeply about what we're doing. And yeah, we all as writers have to have some self-respect. I have no problem with any of that. Remember, I'm a writer too. I've been a writer a lot longer than I've been an editor. But in the end, I can't complain about someone not caring about my work when I'm not giving credit to where credit's due on those that support me. Okay? Remember, the magazines that are publishing you, they are the people that are supporting you. And I don't want this to sound crass and I don't want to sound rude, but there's a very good chance that we probably support you more than your own spouses, your own family members, your own friends. Okay? So if you're going to diss us, as they say on the street, or disrespect us, I don't know where that's supposed to get you. Because if we're not out there helping and supporting you, who is? Let me know who that person is. i like to meet them. Because they got to be more important than me then. Otherwise how about you just do some of the basic respect and just throw us on your bio as you should. So that's what I expect to see. Most publications won't go that far. I do. That's how I built this magazine from nobody reading it to where every month now I get anywhere between twelve and, and 13,000 people every month reading the magazine. And I'm only, I'm only publishing 40 or 50, 60 pieces a month. Okay. So it's, it, it's not like a, uh, you know, these numbers are coming out of the air. You can look at the stats at the bottom of my page anytime you want and look at the numbers we have there. It's not hard to figure out the math. Okay? Why is that happening? For a couple reasons. First of all, I ask people, word of mouth, hey, don't forget to talk about us. Hey, don't forget to put us on the bio when we, when we, when we publish you. That's why. I remind people that when I publish them, I literally remind them, check out my show gent to be human you know tell people about aero chart don't forget to put us on the bio i literally do that every time i'm actually completing somebody i'm publishing them when i'm sending them that email out that's what i do to remind people and it helps it, it makes it grow people come on and check it out you know the average uh poem that we publish uh, whether it's in america or internationally the average poem according to my statistics Seventy eight people are checking that poem out between people who want to check out the magazine regularly and between their friends and relatives, other writers they know, etc. So you think about it, it adds up real quickly on how many hits we have and how many people are checking out other things as well. They'll check in that home out, they might want to check out some of your work that they don't even know you from Adam. They're like, wow, I like this stuff. I get email from people all the time and we get comments on the on the, on the publication all the time. I'm here for this dude, but now I'm like liking this girl, she's great. Well, there you go. You just built another fan. Who knows when your book comes out, this person is going to say, I remember them. I like what was going on. Let me go check this out. That's how it starts, folks. From showing respect. From spreading the word out. From being out there and being available and, and, and doing all that makes a difference for you down the line. People remember. They do. They also are going to remember when you're not doing that, like me. So, a lot of publications... They ask for the bio. Make sure you're looking in the guidelines. You're going to have some publications. They have a different process. They have what I call after the fact bio, meaning that they'll literally say in the guidelines, send us the five poems. Don't send us the bio. If we accept anything, then we'll ask for one later. And then you just need to observe that rule. Okay. More and more people. Or doing what I do in terms of getting it up front. Because I don't like to make all this multiple contact. I'm literally dealing with, between me and a couple of editors I have, we're dealing with a couple of hundred people every month. So imagine that when you add that two, three, four emails. What about this? What about that? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I do not have that kind of time, and neither do they. And they're doing it as a volunteer. So for me, it cuts down on the work in the emails by just including your bio up front rather than doing it later. Later is when I just send an email, you've been accepted, or... The other editor will say you accept it. And we don't mind doing that as extra work. That, that's pleasant. That's fun. You know, all the work that we do in this in this job, because that's what it is in many instances. It only, it only feels like it's worthwhile sometimes when you're dealing with people. Maybe they've never been published before. Maybe it's been quite some time they've been published. Maybe they have a very thin bio and you're now accepting them because you like their work and you know it's going to fit into what you're doing. And you're making their day and you're helping them out. in And it's, it's the most fun part of the job, no doubt about it, you know. Although, believe it or not, I have fun uh, when, I, when I have to reject somebody because it's one of those rejections to where we're going to be able to lend the helping hand. Aerial Chart is one of the few magazines. And I'm telling you, if you have 10 fingers, you, you, you won't be able to fit all the magazines on 10 fingers that are out there that actually say anything constructive to so you I actually want to be an editor. You just want to say, you know, with a form letter, yes or no. We don't use form letters, and we actually get back to people. Hey, that title sucks, but the rest of the poem I'm happy with. Go come back with something better, and I'll, and I'll do this. I mean, that's to me, that's a happy rejection. We get them a lot. Hey, I like everything that's going on over here. There's a couple words over here. I just think they don't really work well. Try to go look at something else on that. In one case, I literally told the guy, this is the word I think will work here better, period. So why don't you consider that? And if you consider it and you feel the same way, I'll publish it. If not, I mean, I don't know what to tell you because it, 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 that thing is, it makes it planky. When you're dealing with rhyme poems, when you're dealing with poems that people really work on the meter, or you're dealing with poems that's are just so, so brief, literally a word makes a difference. And it's a, if it's a crappy word, it ruins everything. So I'll literally have to get down there and say, I don't even know what the right word is, but the word you got sucks. Go get something else. Or sometimes I might even have a suggestion. Those are the kind of things we do. That's what an editor should be doing, trying to help the writer. You're not helping the writer with some stupid formless soul form letter. Ah, yeah, you, we don't really fit enough, thing, And there's no reflection in your work. And I don't know. I can tell you a million dumb things that these rejection letters say. I I, I I reject the rejection letters, okay? They're dumb and they're not useful. They don't help any writer other than their to, to hurt their feelings. Now don't get me wrong. My job as an editor is not to make your feelings great. I'm not here to, make, to be your friend. I'm not here to you know to spank you and I'm not here to broke you when you're when you're having problems with gas, okay? That's not my job. But my job should never be mean spirited or so mysterious that you can't get anything out of it. You're supposed to be an editor. Tell them something they could use, okay? Even if you have to say, listen, I can see that you have some talent, but nothing that you wrote so far is really connecting. Some of it's kind of jumbled up. You need to just look at it better. Maybe this is the first or second draft. Go back to the drawing board on this one. Go check it out. You're still free to go check me out later on when you feel you got something better. I'm happy to check that out. I have to say that a lot, actually. It's about as constructive as I can possibly be under those circumstances but I still want to do something decent versus then uh, this sucks. You can't ride and have a good day. Cause that's really what you're saying. When you give somebody one of these stupid soulless form letters, it, 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 you're just saying something I feel negative. You know, and many times I, I can tell you now, okay, from my experience as editor in other publications, a lot of times they rejected you just because either they ran out of space because they saved so much of it for their friends and family or they ran out of space. Period. Because they picked everybody else except for you, or even in some cases, they just didn't like it. But they don't actually want to say that. They don't want to put that down. Hey, just sit and connect. Why don't you try us on that next, uh, you know, issue and have a good day? I tell you, even something like that would be more positive than just saying nothing. So I, I think the nothing thing is harmful to writing. I don't think it helps writers. Uh, I believe writers deserve more than that especially when they put, you know, their heart, their soul, their time. You know, I talk to writers that, I mean, they are literally fitting writing in between a couple of hours before the baby wakes up, before their husband gets home and wants four beers and swim in the pool all night, or before they have to work a second shift or something, and they're trying to get this to happen. So they don't deserve that kind of respect. And so I'm offering people respect, just like I asked you in the bios to give me respect, I offer it all the time. I always, always, always practice what I preach. So I want you to do the same thing and understand you have a place here that does care and that we are trying to do the right thing. I wish more editors would do that. Whenever I talk to them, because believe it or not, I do talk to some, I always tell them that. Probably sound like a broken record, but I don't care because this is what I feel. This is what I practice. I believe this is the correct way of going about things. If you don't want all that work, don't be a damn editor then. Go back to being a writer and leave me alone. I don't want to hear your complaints, okay? I got enough complaints from writers. I don't need to hear from editors. So if you don't want to do the job, go get something else to do then. You don't have to do the job. But if you're going to take the job and you're going to take the title, do the job. That's what I say you need to do. Now, next on some of these guidelines, which are gifts to writers, they really are, okay, is this right here ownership Now Unlike a lot of magazines and I might be different that way as well. I need to know who you are Okay, I you, you can't tell me your name in the email is different than the name on the bio and then you're telling me in the, in the email Otherwise, uh, go with this We need to know who you are. So it's real important that people don't play too clever with different pen names I had someone the other day Lily and I didn't know that. I, I do my best to try to screen this out. But he's literally telling me he has three different names. He goes, Mark, can we try this? I'm like, I don't understand this. It's in my guidelines. We don't accept this sort of stuff. So what are you doing over here? You're putting in that you've been published by me. And I don't even recognize this person because I know exactly who I published for the last four years. You're not that person. Oh, that's my other name. I just, I confused the bio. Yeah, thanks. So that's sort of the I don't accept. You know, I rectified that right away with him because I don't accept that sort of stuff never a good idea be who you are you want to write so much you want to write so bad you got so much important things to say in the world well we should know who you are then stand up for writing and stand up for your writing okay don't hide behind something it doesn't helpful i don't want to hear about oh 100 years ago they did this and you know uh, blah 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 and they do it in music and this isn't music this is literature and this is not 100 years ago It's 2020 okay I'm uh, operating from my office in my house. using a computer equipment to create a show to talk to you about this issue. Okay? All right? So this is not, you know, the day of Steinbeck with, you know, some ink quill and a pen, and he's hoping the dog doesn't spill everything and, and destroy his writing. Okay? We're talking about something completely different here. We're in a different world. There's no reason under the sun, okay, to disguise who you are, period. There simply isn't any. You can, you can give me a couple of exceptions here and there. And guess what? I operate, like I mentioned on the show all the time, it's my mantra, okay? All right, I operate by the standard. I don't operate by the exceptions. There are always exceptions. But I judge everything by the standard. The standard is it's not acceptable. There's no good reason for it. There's always going to be an exception. That's great. I guarantee you, you don't have an exception, especially if you live here in America. There's no reason for you to be running away from what you write and who you are, okay? And God forbid you're in one of those those horrible dictatorial countries like in North Korea or something. Mark, I don't want to be discovered. Well, I understand that. Maybe writing isn't for you in that particular right now. Then, okay, because I'm not sure how you're doing this email in the first place, and why you're risking your life over a poem, which you can literally be killed for, so maybe it's not the best thing for you. That's a, that's one exception that that could be real. But again most people we don't have any of that okay stand up for your writing stand up for writing and stand up for your writing period so i don't like that and i don't i don't really accept that not every not every publication has that rule there are a few more that are coming on that more and more now because it gets annoying that people want to have 700 uh, facebook accounts and 600 pen names and they think that's cute you know i i don't find it cute at all you know i take your writing seriously i'm expecting you know for you to do the same okay Formats this is something that almost every guideline has including mine. Okay, I try not to be militant about it But in the end, you know If you're giving me some strange format and I can't figure out how to interpret it and get your writing in there That could be a problem. So I only try to just accept a word doc and in Google Docs Okay, it doesn't mean if someone sends me a PDF I'm not gonna look at it if I can open it and I can do something with it. I'll do something with it Mine uh, being an electronic publication is different than most people in the sense that I already have to reformat everything you do anyway. Because if I don't, it looks horrible on my internet site for the journal, and then I don't achieve what I'm supposed to achieve anyway. So I always have to do the work of reformatting it. I just try to get it in something that I know will actually reformat better because I got to strip all the formatting off of it. Some magazines, though, and this is where this is important for you right now. They only want certain formats, and they make that really clear. Some of them go as far as saying, if you send me something different than this, we're going to reject it out of hand. So here's again where, in many instances, the guideline can be a gift to you because, quite frankly, if you don't do what they're saying, it's going to get rejected, and you're going to deserve that. Okay? Because if they're not set up for rich text format, or they're not set up for a PDF, and this is how you like to send stuff, well, either... You just like keep getting rejected all over the place or you have some crazy hope that maybe someone's just going to read your work and be so fascinated with it. They don't care about the format. Well, guess what? That sounds great, but that's not going to happen because they're going to be so mad that are never going to read your work and say, why the hell is this thing in PDF? When I said, I don't want that. That's all they're going to say. They're not going to sit there and read it and go, you know, honey, I, I should just like break my own rule because this guy's just like fantastic. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. That's, that's maybe on the Showtime movie, but this is reality. You do that. It's getting rejected, all right? So observe that. People, uh, uh, editors especially, and usually they have volunteer staff as well, you know, they're promising that their staff is going to get certain things that so it like, makes their job easier from all the entries they get. That's why they have it that way. So don't, don't break that rule. Observe it and make sure you, you do that because it's super important. I'm telling you, if you have any chance at all on sending a poem that's 24 lines when they only want 20, you got a better chance of that than than messing with somebody's format. Because when they say that, I mean, they they're, they're totally 100% serious. You might slip a poem in now and then. That's slightly longer, but you're never going to be able to slip the format. If they don't take it, they don't take it, and that's it for you. So please re- re- observe that religiously because they're very serious. I got a little bit more room on it. I say I only want Docs and you know and and Google Docs. You know, I'll take. I'll take almost anything as long as we can actually uh, interpret it and and format it and it stays stable and I can can actually read what I'm supposed to be reading. I'm okay with it. You know, I don't put that in my guidelines because I don't want people going crazy. But I'm telling you on the show that, you know, I've gotten things other than that. And as long as uh, I can interpret it through my system, I'm, I'm okay with it. So I try not to be too crazy with that. But I understand why some magazines do that. So I don't really feel... You know that that's like a you know a nitpicky thing. It, it's it's serious to them because it's really about their workload and and they're trying to get it under control. And I, I can't blame them on that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize them on that. All right, next thing, it, it's almost part and parcel of anything you ever do with uh, literary uh, submissions and and publications that you come across. Okay, the old simultaneous submission. Some publications will tell you outright. We're okay with that, but during the process of us deciding if we want to, you know, pick up your piece or not, if you get picked up by somebody else, give us the courtesy to the email so we can yank it out of there and just can look at somebody else. And that's what they expect you to do. And that's really what you should be doing. Some on the other hand will say, We don't want that at all. We want you to only send to us and you wait However long that is sometimes they will tell you three to six months. Sometimes they will say until we contact you whatever that's supposed to mean, but That's something you have to make a decision on. Okay, we're all big boys and girls So you put on your big boys and girls pants or dress and and you do the big boy and girls decision It's a pro and a con there. Okay, the pro is Okay um, Maybe it's best just sticking with these people and not sending it to somebody else, and I'll just go with some other of my work on other publications that accept simultaneous submissions. Maybe that's your strategy. All right, the con is they could be holding this thing for four, five, six months, and then eventually reject you. You lost all that time, and nobody else got to see the work. By that rate of time, it could be two, three years before you get published. Literally. I'm serious. Because if you keep doing that, you keep losing 4 to 6 months. So that's the, that's the downside of that. I'm not saying don't do it cuz that's not my job to tell you that. My job is just to tell you that's some of the things you're going to have to expect. You got to incorporate that into your decision making, okay? Or you could just say and this is what I do, uh no. If you're not into simultaneous submissions, you're not somebody for me. Period. That's how I do things. I don't I don't mess with formatting Meaning that if they want me to reformat every single one of my pieces of work to them, when I already have it just in Word doc and now I got to put it in Google Docs or this, that, or whatever, I won't submit to that place. I won't submit to somebody that wants money and I won't submit to anybody that has this simultaneous submission uh, rejection. They don't want you to do that? Cool. Then I'm not submitting anything to you. Have a good day. Boop. And I go on to the next one. That's what I do. I don't waste my time because those are my red lines. Those are my, you know, rivers that I don't want to cross. So that's just the way that is for me. You, you can make your decision on that, but that's what you have to face when you deal with that. Okay. Honor what the guidelines are saying on this. If you, if they're generous enough to let you submit to them when you submit to everybody else, then if it gets picked up before them, let them know so they can pull it. Okay. All right. They, uh, in, in the uh, submittable, they actually have a button saying withdraw. And you can put in, yeah, I'm withdrawing this because it got submitted uh, uh, someplace else and they accepted it. Thank you. Have a good day. Sometimes that note can be really helpful to you because you might have in submittable sent that publication three poems. One of them got picked up before they made a the decision. You can withdraw it. And by saying, listen, just withdraw this one, but let the other two ride because no one's heard anything back or not yet. You can do that. And still be uh, within, uh, you know, the grace of, of doing the right thing as, as a writer and as an artist. And, and, of course, preserve the other two to, be, you know, to be, cons- can be considered. So those are some of the strategies and some of the things you can do. But really important to watch that really carefully. Okay? You don't want to get into a situation where um, you you sent everywhere when you shouldn't have and then they, they find out one day. Or maybe some editors tell Because what it is, they whisper stuff to other editors all the time. Okay. This isn't a doctor's office. There's no HIPAA rules here. You got no privilege like a lawyer. You got no professional rights like a a priest, okay? We're editors. We talk all over the place. Trust me. They'll find out. Really? You got that? I got that too this last week. You got people that right there are going to be mad at you. They might both give you a rejection without ever telling you because you did that and you got caught. You might never know you got caught. So I'm telling you, don't do that because you might be getting some secret rejections that you didn't know about because people talk. Keep that in mind, okay? Okay. All right. Now, um, language—I I call it inclusion in my guidelines. Everybody has a different thing: censorship, this and that, whatever. Some publications will literally straight tell you, "We don't want profanity. We don't want graphic sex. We don't want anything that alludes to bigotry, uh, racism, sexism, uh, whatever ism is out there—terrorism, whatever—and then you got to comply by that." Okay, others will literally just say, "Listen, we're okay with profanity," and my guideline literally says this as well. But we want you to make it have some sense, okay? Uh, you you're giving me a 16 line poem. Every other line has the F word in it. I, I'm not really catching, you know, where you're going with this, okay? I, I'm thinking you're having way too much fun with the F word, and you're forgetting about the arc, okay? All right, because in my in my opinion, and I'm not a prude in my opinion you know art is not supposed to have f all over it okay maybe here and there but not all over it so i tell people okay use it just don't get carried away that's that simple all right i haven't really had to reject too many people over language only a few times in four years so it's still kind of rare for me and i'm glad you know but i don't want to be in a position and i talk to editors about this all the time where somebody just uses one f word you know, in in, in a 4,000-word uh, short fiction and I'm supposed to reject it because I don't like the F word, it's kind of dumb. But I'm feeling it's working great, even if I don't like it, even if I think it's misplaced. If I feel the work is good, I'm going to go with it. I'm just going to let it roll. Hopefully the audience is okay with that. If they're not, you know, there's other stuff they can read. But I'll make that judgment if I feel we're looking at some good work, okay? But you can't like anything else, you can't get carried away. Right. Anything excessive makes no sense. I, on the other hand, unlike some publications, we don't really like graphic sex. So I don't care, gay, straight, whatever. I don't want to see that in, in the writing. This is not the place for that. I automatically will literally reject them and say, listen, I don't know, maybe you didn't notice the guidelines, or maybe you didn't think we were serious or not, or I'm not really sure uh, where you think you were sending this to, but, um, you know. This guy having uh, sex with fourteen women and you know in thirteen nights. This just not that's not working for me. I me, mean, that's not art. That's just you know some kind of silly erotica thing or whatever. And that's a, a valid form of writing. It's just not what we do. Period. Okay. Some will say that. Some will be okay with that. So just again, you got to uh, observe what their inclusion rules are. there, both on language and by subject matter. Okay. Remember, you could also be doing things. That you might feel innocent, but you know, if they're really into like, listen, we only want like more sex. We only want more feminist stuff. We don't want anything that even thinks that it's you know about sexism. You write something that's sexy, you could still get rejected because they thought you were being sexist. So we live in a, 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 a weird day and age, okay, where you know things can be misconstrued even if you mean something differently. So again, when you see something like that, email the editor, okay. Hey, I got this, about that, blah, blah, blah. Are you gonna think this is sexist, or are you think you're gonna be okay to check it out? They'll tell you. All right, and at least we don't have to waste anybody's time, you know, including your own. Okay. All right, and one of the one of the last things about submitting to uh publication and guidelines is this, okay? I don't have a publication aerial chart. Or well, even, even the show here where we work on some kind of a theme. You know what I mean? You know, June is hedgehog month and August is, you know, um, morning dove month. And then we're going to go to Zen Buddhist people in September. All right. We don't do that. I'm not making fun of that. I just don't like it and I don't believe in it. But guess what? You're going to run into publications that actively tell you this. From this month to this month, this is our theme. Or every month of the the year, except for these three months, we have these actually public themes that we want you to observe. So when you submit within these parameters of dates, this is what we want it to be on. Don't do anything other. If you don't have the gay turtle in there, then don't send us a straight turtle poem, okay? I mean, literally, this is the kind of theme they would have, and you have to observe that. Some publications, they fill their entire year worth the themes, and that's all they do. Others will actually have some themes, but then they'll actually have months where they have no theme. They'll actually say, hey, you know, in September, it's a no theme month. So submit whatever you want. So when you're checking out some guidelines, you want to make sure that you're in the right theme, or if you don't have anything to that theme, well, that's probably not for you. Maybe you can jot a note down to yourself in a notebook. You know, uh, the rest of the year, uh, this publication isn't really working for me because I don't have you know gay turtle poems. I don't have any morning dove stuff I don't have stuff about people hitting windows with rocks, you know, so but in September I'm gonna send something to these people because they don't have any theme Great, you can do that and they can get all the stuff that doesn't have any theme and you have you know, this is fair shot as anybody else okay, or You could skip the whole thing all together and say I don't care. I don't want to deal with them or you could do what a couple of writers have done before. You know, well, what would a gay turtle poem be? Let's give this a try. Let me try to write one and see what this is about and then submit it. No one said you can't do that. You could just do it for the lark or you could just do it because maybe you think you can get something creative out of it. I don't know, but you can do it. It's still eligible. and At least you know you've got the right market for it at that time. So you could do that. I know people that do that before. Sometimes they even get published. They're like, Mark, I never even had this poem in my category before. I just like just did it because I'm like, hey, let's see what I can do. And they wind up doing something interesting and unique. So, again, another gift right there. You might actually be inspired to do something different that you never would have thought of before because it's a theme. So there's some positive things to those themes. They're not for me. They're not for my publication. I'm not into them. But you could find something good for them. Don't get me wrong. So check them out and, and definitely observe them and, and, and see if you can, you know, get something going with that. It, it, it is a fun exercise. And again, you know, it, as a gift, the guideline could be a gift, a gift to writers. And that could be your gift right there. It's just a theme brought you someplace you wouldn't have been before. Maybe you never write a gay uh, turtle poem as long as you live, but you got one in there. You got that covered. Let's go to something else now. And I, that, That's great. I, I don't think anything's wrong with that. I think it's part of what. We should do it as creative people try to find something different that we haven't explored before And there's nothing wrong with that But when I look at my magazine, I look at it as an editor eyes and I'll look at it as a As a writing eyes so on the editing side of the thing. I don't include that because I just don't like it I, I just rather it always be open So I can see everybody try to send anything they can in, and I can check that out. That's what I prefer to read as the editor because remember when you're an editor you can't be a writer. You have to be an editor, which means you're reading. You're not writing. You're reading. Even when you're suggesting something to somebody, you're really reading it and then suggesting something by email. Yeah, and that's not really writing. That's really more just corresponding. You know, Dear Jim, check out line 4 I'm not sure about that one. The rest of the poem seems good. Get back to me if you could do something better on this and we'll look at it again. Have a good day, Mark. Okay, that's it. Corresponding. I'm just reading, I'm not writing, so therefore I have a a different take on that. But I I can see how this can be helpful to people. So you want to look at that as well. Observe the themes. Make sure that you're in the right publication. Remember, there's so many of them out there. You don't have any good reason under the sun to send the wrong poem, to send the wrong line or or wrong, wrong amount of words, to not send a bio when they're asking for it, to not put credits in there. To not observe the themes, to use the wrong format, you don't have any good reason for any of this at all. Okay, if you do what you're supposed to be doing in the first place, read the guidelines. Let them become gifts. Let them become roads and directions for you. Okay, do the bad. It, it's basic research. When you're reading them, that's what you're doing. You're doing the research. It doesn't make any sense. And you, when you start thinking about it, you'll like you'll agree with me. It makes no sense to work your butt off. Four, five, six, seven. I had I had an essay one time I did twenty seven drafts on it before I let it out. Now I'm not a nut. I, I don't like to do any more than five or six, to be honest with you, okay? But that's how many I did because it just kept at me like, oh I'm not there yet. i blah 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 so I finally got there, okay? And I felt good. Alright. But there's no reason why you should do all of that work and then at the end ruin it by not doing the research that's necessary to go get it at home you know it's 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 almost like raising kids but you didn't do anything to prepare them for the world and they go out there and they get themselves hurt or they go out there and they got to work at mcdonald's because you didn't figure out a way for them to try to get into college i don't mean money i mean just any any way to get them interested in it picking a subject doing some early scholarships you know all, all that sort of stuff the stuff you're supposed to be doing as parents it's the same thing as a writer it doesn't stop after you got something down that's really good. You still have more work to do. You gotta find how to place it. You gotta go get it at home. You gotta have it read by by people. If you wanna actually say I got something out there, somebody's responded to it, whether it's an editor or writer or a reader, or whoever. So don't hurt yourself. Don't short circuit the process. Don't betray your talents and, and, and all that you're doing. Okay? Don't violate the precious time that you put aside. Amidst all the things in your life, stress and depression and writer's block and kids and marriage and work, this, that and whatever, throwing the garbage out. And then you got to try to squeeze all the stuff in there. I know people that literally told me that between their lunch break at work and when they go to the bathroom, that's pretty much all the time they have to actually get some writing done. So. Makes no sense to me if that's really what you're doing. And then you're out there just, you know, casting it out there blindly. Okay. You don't honor yourself. You don't respect the process. And you ruin any chances you have of ever getting anything accomplished. So don't do that. Make the guidelines count. Make your efforts count. All right. Allow the guidelines to be gifts to to writers so that you can actually get something out of it. That's what they're there for. They're there to help the editors just as much as they're there to help the writers. Believe it or not, they're there for both. They're not there for one or the other. So use them to your advantage. You might see some instances, so don't get me wrong, because remember, there's exceptions to everything. I'm just telling you the standard. There are going to be exceptions. You're going to run through some exceptions in some publications where the guidelines are so small, they're so terse, they're so literally informal, that you have to wonder if they're just for them and nothing for you. You're going to have a case now and then like that. And that's okay. Skip over them. Go to somebody else that has some respect for you. It's just that simple. Why should it be any different for them than anything else you do in your life? Hmm? Are you going to work at a job you truly, truly hate? Are you going to try to find something different? you Are going to be married to the same person for 50 years and you hate them? No. Huh? you Are going to have your kids disrespect you all day long? No. So why would you do any of this to yourself? That's what I ask writers all the time. I say, don't worry about what the world is trying to do to you. Start worrying about what the heck you're doing to yourself. You're adding to your misery, okay? You're expanding your depression. And in many instances, you're causing your own writer's block because you're doing things that are counterproductive to what you're trying to do as a writer, okay? So try to learn things from these shows that we talk about that can try to help you. I'm always free for people to email me or text me or whatever they do because I get lots of stuff all day long. I answer questions and and whatever. The hell, folks, I got no problem doing that. That's what editors are supposed to do. Ask. You'll you'll find out you're going to get some answers. And you might also find out that in many instances, your greatest enemy is not out there. It's not some critic out there. It's not your relatives who don't want to support your work. Right? It's not even editors. It, it's yourself. So get yourself out of your way so you could be the writer that you should be. And The best way to do that is get out of that way and go read these guidelines and try to learn what people are looking for. You'll see trends. You'll see examples. You'll see things that will start making that, that clock in your head tick. So this way you can do what's necessary. You'll see things that are going to click if you read enough of it, and then you're going to get a really good idea of what's going on and you'll, do, you'll be doing better that way. You'll be received better. You'll have more credits, and you're going to feel better about everything you're doing. Because that's what you should be doing. The other side of the coin, read those guidelines. They're gifts. All right, folks, until next time, God bless. This is Mark Anthony Rossi's Strength to be Human, episode 134, Guidelines as Gifts to Riders. Take care. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.